You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Welcome back to Today in Sports Betting. It's Friday, February 7th. Hope everyone's had a good week. We wrap up another week of Today in Sports Betting. Uh, Nice NBA slate for you all. Hope you've made a bunch of money. We have. That means you got to follow along with us. With me today, as always, my Friday co-pilot, the one and only Devin Ellington. Devin, what's up, man? Howdy. Howdy, Hoop Ballers. How's it going? <laughs> it's going, man. It's going. As, as we all know, Devin is a Kansas City resident, and I know that it's been a long week for him. Uh, Devin, I, I don't know if you're hungover or not still from the parade, but I, I need <laughs> to know, and I feel like the Hoop Ballers need to know as well, were you the guy that ran into the parking meter trying to catch a pass from Patrick Mahomes. No, you know, I uh, stayed far and away from the craziness. I watched it from afar on the, on the local news. Um, I was also not the guy who fell out with his rear end hanging out of his pants. Oh, come on. I thought you had a good story for us, man. <laughs> oh, I, I should have went with it. I'm sorry. I oh, went with dude, it. that was going to be my follow-up question. Oh, man. All right. Well, I'm good at ruining things. That's all right. Devin (laughs) did not fall bare ass out of a tree. So I'm sorry to break it to you, all you hoop ballers. Uh, But it's all good. Congratulations again to the Chiefs and every other Kansas City resident not named Devin Ellington, who was completely hungover for this entire week. Uh, But we shall move on because we've got an eight game NBA slate for you all today. A lot of lunatic action going on and this is one of those typically what it's not a typical game it's one of those typical post trade deadline days where teams are going to be depleted of typical roster players uh, just with all the the player movement we thought we were going to have a quiet deadline and then sure enough no the world exploded as usual with names like Andre Drummond switching teams, the whole Iguodala situation, shaking out Andrew Wiggins and D'Angelo Russell switching teams. It was, uh, it was quite the trade deadline. It was a fun one. So we'll talk about some of the ramifications for that uh, and how that plays out with some of these games. And, of course, I'm sure Devin is going to have some college basketball bets that he'll want to share for the weekend. And so we've got, uh, we've got a lot to share with you all. So, but as always, before we do that, we got to give a shout out to our friends at MyBookie. 
bookie.ag. Head on over to my bookie. Make sure you sign up and use the promo code today. That is the word today, T-O-D-A-Y. Y'all have been listening for a while, so you know that promo code today. But if you haven't gone there already, please do so. Because if when you do and use that promo code today, you get 50% in free money from mybookie.ag up to $1,000. So if you put $2,000 on your initial deposit, mybookie.ag will give you $1,000 just for using that promo code. So make sure that you head on over there. They're fantastic. Don't worry that football is over. They got plenty of NBA. They got plenty of NHL. They're going to have lots of college hoops uh, headed into the tournament. They've got some goofy things, and I guarantee you, if you're excited about the XFL season, they probably got that too. So head on over to mybookie.ag, get 50% back from your initial deposit and bonus money from mybookie.ag when you use the promo code today, T-O-D-A-Y. From all of us hoop ballers, head on over. Thanks again to the folks at mybookie.ag. Devin, eight games to cover. Are you ready, buddy? I'm writing. We got some lines to navigate through. You know, some of these are going to be a little more fishy just with all the uh, rotational pieces and people being in or out in the trades. So it's uh, it's time to break these down for the footballers. Yeah, it was a bananas day yesterday. You know, and I was at the bar all day working, which kind of sucks. So I was, <laughs> you know, I was on Twitter as much as I could be. You know, I was doing some prep work, batching cocktails, making drinks. And I had my phone in front of me pretty much all day with Twitter just open. And uh, thank goodness for Dan and the rest of the Hootball team that was doing the live stream uh, because they were live tweeting, they were live streaming their uh, YouTube uh, link. And, you know, there's a bunch of news uh, that was um, uh, being delivered. And I had four TVs to glance up at. So that was nice also. Yeah, our hoopball crew is great at that. The, every year, that that's just a phenomenal show every year with Dan and Brew and the team. Just They, they do such a great job. Uh, so if you missed that, I'm sorry, but I'm pretty sure you'll be able to see the show um, at hoop-ball.com, our parent website. And, um, yeah, so make sure you check it out if you missed it. It was uh, – yeah, that, that show is always fun. They're just such a wealth of knowledge, and they have a lot of fun with it. It's great, and it's just, you know – it, the more chaos, the better, as we say. So that, that was pretty nice. So, yes, there is, there are a whole bunch of ramifications for the games coming up. So we will get right into them. We will start with the Dallas Mavericks traveling to Washington to take on the Wizards. Game right now is three and a half in favor of the Mavericks, the very depleted Mavericks. The Mavericks right now, they're still down Luka Doncic. Seth Curry's questionable. J.J. Barea is questionable. Kristaps Porzingis broke his nose and is questionable for this one as well. I'm sure if he does play, the mask will come out. If he doesn't, then I don't know who's playing offense for that team in that case. In the meantime, the Wizards were in the middle of, of trade deals Shabazz Napier is coming in, but he's uh, until that trade is through, it seems like Ish Smith is the only eligible point guard on that team. And Thomas Bryant is going to be out of this one. The Mavericks are kind of hanging around, you know, despite the injuries. 
They're they've won some games. They're they're playing like five hundred ball as they navigate without Luca uh, and 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 some of his other cohorts in the Dallas backcourt. So they they've been you know, they're 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 hanging in there. Some quality wins against the Pacers, um, and uh, but just took one on the chin against the Grizzlies the other night. Where in the meantime, the Washington Wizards, well, they're kind of wizards ish. You know, no defense as usual. Did beat the Nets recently, but uh, got stung by the Warriors on their home court, which uh, that's that's not a loss that they should be taking. So, I don't know. It's it's two teams that are. I don't know. Lost a bunch of pieces. And Dallas is fighting for for playoff positioning. Obviously, Washington really doesn't have much to play for. Um, I don't know, Devin. It's kind of an odd oddball game, if you will. So, how do we make it? This is there a way to take advantage on either side? You know, as of right now, I don't see a ton of value in either side. Um, three is just a weird number. Um, if Porzingis does not play, then I believe that number is probably going to shrink by a half point, um, in my my opinion. Um, like you mentioned, J.J. Bray and Seth Curry are also, you know, questionable. They, they do have Courtney Lee that hasn't really played a lot this year, so if he steps <laughs> in, you know. That might shift the line. Courtney right, Lee. Yeah, 10 points right yeah. off the bat, yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a pretty messy situation for Dallas right now with all the guys they have out. Um, you know, Washington is going to be without Thomas Bryant. It, it's, uh, you know, I'm probably going to have to just stay away from this game. Um, Dallas had some recent success on the road against the spread. 4-0-1 uh, in their last five. 11-3 um, and three in their last 14 against the spread versus Washington. And just straight up 4-2 and two in the last six games uh, against the spread. But with a lot of guys out and with the rotations of the Wizards getting shaken up within the last, you know, 48 hours with the trade deadline, um, if I was going to fade a team, it would be the one that was active in the trade deadline. But I can't really say that in full confidence because there's some games later on in this card where, um, you know, we'll get to them. But, you know, like Houston – uh, they're only two and a half point favorites tonight against Phoenix. And I really like that game. So this game right now, I don't see any true value in it. And I'm probably going to go ahead and stay away from this. And I would advise others to do so yeah. just because it's I, so weird. I think, yeah, you're right. It's it's like I'm, every time we do this, we talk through it. And when we do, it's like you either know it where there's opportunity or you feel like, it's a very much what the hell is going on here situation. And this feels like the latter. I, I think, you know, we can wait for news to come out a little bit, depending on the Mavericks injury situation, because, you know, Kristaps Porzingis playing or not playing is kind of big, um, you know, as well as some of the other backcourt guys, Seth Curry and JJ Barea too. They, they could be down to Jalen Brunson and, and DeLon Wright for that entire game. At the same time, I have no faith in the Wizards to, you know, they can come in and shoot, you know, and score 150 or come in and, and just allow the Mavericks to run roughshod. The one thing that I'm seeing is, is again, Dallas is outstanding on the road against the spread. Yeah. So, so if Porzingis plays, you know, I, I don't, I won't, 
you know, I'm with you as of right now, as of, as of us recording this podcast, I don't want to touch this game. But if down, but if, if we see later on that Porzingis is in and it doesn't move the line all that much, then I'd probably lean Dallas in, in, in this one just because of their outstanding track record on the road. Yeah. I like that. I like that vantage point right there for sure. Yeah. So just keep your eye on news in this one. Sorry to start out with such a weird game, but hey, again, we go by uh, just according to the schedule and the, and the timing of everything. So with all that said, we will move on to the Memphis Grizzlies headed to Philadelphia as they take on the Sixers. Uh, you know our hatred for the Sixers. Uh, they are six and a half point favorites in this one. And it's... Oh, my God. But at least they're at home. Let's just put it that way. They're at home. And, and that's really the gist of it. Over under in this one, sorry, is, is, is 222. Um, they're at home. So it's a completely different animal for the Sixers. Because on the road, they are atrocious. They're terrible. And a lot's being made of, of the Sixers and their struggles and the composition of that team. Uh, and it really has been throughout the season. But one thing that really stands out is that they are straight up 22 and two at home and they are nine and 19 straight up on the road. And the spread, it pretty much holds consistent. They're 13 and 10 on the season at against the spread at home. Whereas they're that same nine and 19 against the spread on the road. So it's, you know, that, that would dictate that, oh, okay, well, Philadelphia's, you know, they'd be all right. You know, they're back at home. It's a different story. But then again, the Grizzlies are one of the better teams in the league right now. So we don't really know how to – we're not going to really figure out how that's going to go because the Grizzlies are, are really good against the spread uh, on the road as well. They're 12-10 and 10 on the season. And – they were in the news. I'm sure they're going to be energized, uh, but also a little bit shorthanded after the trade deadline because they're a team that, again, everyone thought were going to, you know, this was a complete rebuild and this and that. And then all of a sudden, they get rid of Andre Iguodala, who had been causing a little bit of friction within the team. And they get back some other supporting cast guys, some decent, you know, veteran players, guys like Gorgie Jang who will help solidify the, the front court. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas, I should say, is questionable in this one. That kind of makes a, a bit of difference. And, and Jordan Bell, who's a bit, still a bit of a project, but he's uh, headed over to Memphis uh, in some of the madness as well. Uh, Josh Richardson remains out for the Sixers, and at the same time, their acquisitions, Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson, uh, who they got from the Golden State Warriors, they will also be questionable. Again, these are all you know, part of the deal with pending trades. So it seems like business as usual for the Sixers until they get those guys together. Devin, it, it, six, six and a half, just given how Philly's been playing recently, feels like a lot against a very good and very hungry Memphis team. But then again, this is the Sixers at home, not the Sixers on the road. So tell me what you, you make of that one. So what I make of it is, uh, you know, I saw this number initially, and then I was like, oh, yes, I like this. And then I looked and saw Philly's home record and their home spread um, in splits, and then I got a little less excited. Mm -hmm. um, 
So this is a tough one because you got two teams that were heavily involved in the trade deadline. Lots of moving pieces, lots of, uh, lots of the pot stirring here. And it doesn't help that Fallon Chunis is possibly out as well because he would be like my one uh, beacon of hope on why I should take this uh, spread here. Now, with that being said, I'm still leaning Memphis plus five and a half. And, you know, if Valanchunas is ruled out, that's probably going to spike anywhere to seven to seven and a half, depending on what book. But um, they still got some really good pieces. You know, their their core is still going to be in, you know, those three uh, guards and Dylan Brooks, DeAnthony uh, Melton, and John Morant. You know, th- those kids can put the ball in the hoop. Uh, and very quickly too. Um, Jaron Jackson Jr., um, you know, he's gonna be battling with uh, Joel Embiid probably. And um, yeah, so I mean, this is um, this is another weird game. You know, I just don't know either way. Um, but like I said, if I'm gonna lean, and I am leaning a little bit more horizontally than vertically, um, it's gonna definitely be the Memphis uh, plus the points in this game, just because of my lack of faith in Philadelphia. You know, yeah. they may have a really good home record, you know, 22-2, and two, but there's still only two games above 500 against the spread at home. And, you know, they're 21-30-1 and 30 and one in total against the spread. Um, I don't see their locker room frustrations uh, simmering down at all anytime soon. They're just adding more new pieces I think uh, Brett Brown there is still just trying to get his team back on track. You know, these guys are reeling. They're not uh, – uh, Let's and just another thing to throw out there, they're 0-5 against the spread in their last five um, in total. Um, now, someone might look at that and say, well, that need, that'll round out, so it could move to 1-5 and five, uh, after tonight. But um, they're riding an eight-game home streak, uh, home winning streak. So it's just uh, – it's a little weird right now. Uh, I, I, I wish this line was a little lower mm-hmm. because then I might go contrarian. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, six right now is just – that's enough for me to, like, exercise caution, like you said, because this it could be a very close game for sure because the Grizzlies are, again, playing well. They're hungry. Uh, they've been in games – I totally get it. But the Sixers are still a very talented team. And we've noted how good they are at home. Now, mind you, they've been bad. And, and, and that's really come on the road. But now, let, let, their last four, they've lost four in a row. But their last four losses, one was against the Hawks, which is an inexplicable loss. That shouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. But their next three losses are against the Celtics in Boston, the Heat in Miami, and then the Bucks in Milwaukee. The Celtics are one of the hottest teams in the league right now. Miami is, like the Sixers, they're practically unbeatable on their home court. And the Bucks are just unbeatable, period. They're, they're, they're the best team in the league. So how much are we really going to ding the Sixers for losing games on the road against home teams that are really just better than the Sixers right now. 
So I wish this line were just maybe like three or four, because then I could say like, all right, I, I could, with a little bit more confidence, I would say, you know what, Phillies do. They're due for a good game. But I, I just don't, I don't feel that confident enough to be contrarian, contrarian, even though I kind of want to be contrarian in this scenario. Yeah. You know, it, and I'm in the same canoe with you. If it, if it was like, you know, two and a half, three, um, just a single possession game, I would definitely roll with this just because that home record is so staggering. Yeah. Um, you know, and let's not forget that this team, you know, their last 10 games, they've played some very, very tough competition, Philadelphia, that is. And even the lower-end teams, you know, they, they've played teams, you know, like, you know, Chicago, New York, and Brooklyn. Um, you know, those are all, you know, teams that they should have beat, and they did. Um, tough teams at times. Um, Chicago's actually one of the better defensively rating, uh, rated teams in the league right now. Um, then they went, you know, and lost to Toronto, which everyone has in the last 10 or 11 games. They beat the Lakers. Uh, they handled business against the Warriors. They slipped up against the Hawks. And then, like you mentioned, that run of Boston, Miami, Milwaukee, uh, that's, that's a bit of a buzzsaw. So yeah. I like the viewpoint of, and the narrative of them being due for one because, honestly, they are. Um, yeah. It's just how much of their uh, destiny are they going to control tonight and handle business? Yeah, I don't know. It's a tough one. The, the, it's the number that's really throwing me off is the problem. Yeah. is 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 i can't i can't lay six points given their track record but it's yeah. it, it it's that's that's really what it comes down to so uh, again I'll, I'll stay away from this one as well i'm sure that 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 feels the same for you it should be a good game so i want to watch it just for that sake but yeah. as far as betting it, it's going to be tough you know i might i might just uh lose a couple marbles and if Valanciunas is ruled out and it gets bet up even more, like if it hits eight, I'm definitely taking that. Even though right, no, no, that I understand. Yeah, that I understand. Yeah. So, and that makes complete sense. All right, we will move on. The Atlanta Hawks are in Boston taking on the Celtics. The Hawks, who were who made a monster deal getting Clay Capella, even though he is out for this one, so. And the Hawks have been largely banged up as well. But the Hawks all of a sudden are saying, hey, don't forget us. Uh, Boston's favored by nine in this one. Over-under is a robust 234. Uh, Cam Reddish is doubtful. Bruno Fernando's doubtful. Uh, DeAndre Bembry is out. DeAndre Hunter is questionable. Uh, Jeff Teague is probable. And Capella is out. So, it's again, it's going to be the Trey Young show and uh, Trey Young, Kevin Herter, and John Collins show as usual uh, for the Hawks. And, and oh, they got Dwayne Dedman back from the Kings because, sure, why not? Uh, in the meantime, Kemba Walker is close to a return, but not really. He's questionable with his knee injury. Jalen Brown and Gordon Hayward are also questionable uh, for the Celtics. Daniel Tice is out of this one. Both teams super shorthanded. Marcus Smart is probable, though, with the – he had a thigh contusion. He should be back. Boston, though, red hot, winners of their last five and have, you know, done it at home. They've done it on the road. Uh, really, the, the biggest win was, like we, we had previously, 
previously spoken about, the Heat were unbeatable uh, at home until the Celtics came in and beat them. Uh, and then they have wins against the Warriors, Sixers, uh, Hawks, and Magic, uh, just really taking care of business. So there is some recency uh, with the Celtics and Hawks. Celtics were winners by eight in Atlanta, and now Atlanta comes and, and travels to uh, Boston. While the spread is, is fairly big, we kind of need to see what is happening on the injury front. But um, I don't know. It, it feels like as long as, as some of Boston's starters play, it feels like, you know, I, I, I personally wouldn't be afraid of, of laying the nine, but let me know how you feel in this one, Dev. Yeah, so there's a few, you know, I, I think there's three major points in this. You have Atlanta, who is terrible against the spread on the road, 9-18. and 18. You have Boston, who's one of the best home teams, and then they're a great team against the spread at home and at 16-9-1. Mm-hmm. As we've covered, you've got all these injuries. And if Marcus Smart makes his return, you know, not not anything on him as a person, but we've seen him be a little bit of a selfish player, especially if some other guys are out. And he could maybe screw up the chemistry and the, uh, the flow of the game for Boston. And we've talked about, you know, fading a team that gets, you know, a star back. And Marcus Smart, Smart's not a star, but, you know, an important cog definitely in their rotation. Then you have these staggering Boston numbers as of late. You know, they're 8-2 and two in their last 10 straight up. They're eight and one against the spread in their last nine games this season. They're five and zero against the spread in their last five at home. They're five and zero straight up in their last five games. They're five and zero against the spread in their last five games. But there's this Atlanta team that has Trey Young, who just can go off for forty points at any moment. You got Kevin Herter, who can give you you know fifteen, and then some long bombs, and then John Collins. You know if Daniel Tice is out, John Collins. You know, I'm sorry, but uh, Ennis Cantor is not going to stop him. They'll probably have to throw Robert Williams in there. You know, he's he's a pretty good young defensive talent. Um, and I think you see this line being so big because of these injuries. And I would probably be a little bit more keen on waiting on the injuries, you know, especially if Gordon Hayward's ruled in, if Marcus Smart's actually going to be ruled in, Jalen Brown. I think that this line drops all the way from nine to, I'd say, five or four. And then I'd probably jump all over the Boston side on that. Mm-hmm. This nine right now, I'm not too, you know, I'm not too savvy on it. I don't think Boston covered the last time they played. It was six and a half. But no, they did. All right, so they, they, they won by eight. But, again, that was in Atlanta. Atlanta's terrible against spread at home. Um as of right now with the nine, I don't know if I want to lay that many points just because that Marcus Smart piece, you know, it's just kind of – that's making me feel a little ick about it. You know, if it was a guy like Gordon Hayward or Kimba Walker who actually still facilitates and orchestrates the offense, uh, Marcus Smart, you can just I, – I see him making so many boneheaded mistakes on his first game back, you know, <laughs> dumb late fouls, arguing with the ref, you know, just putting his team in a worse position. Yeah, conversely, you know, he could play defense against Trey Young. So yeah, yeah, uh, you know, I, I I hear what you're saying. Conver- I I guess I'm just a little bit. I just see Boston as like they're nav- You know, they've been banged up this this last stretch, and they're playing their best ball of the year. 
So I don't necessarily think that, yeah, I hear you, that Marcus Smart can be a bit of a bonehead when he's out there, but he's also one of the best defenders in the league. So I'm not, I'm not as, I don't know, worried, I guess, about the, the nine because Boston in their last five games has a positive net rating of 13.7 over their last five. Oh, wow. So yeah, it's, staggering. Yeah, it, it, it's pretty staggering. They're beating teams and they're beating them convincingly. Um, so, and, and as much as, yeah, like, look, I love Trey Young. Kevin Herter, I think, is a really good player. I think John Collins is a great player, but I just don't think that they have the horses because they're just as banged up. Whereas I think that Boston is going to be, even if it's just smart and Tatum and maybe it's one of Gordon Hayward or Jalen Brown, I just think that they're just a better overall team. Um, so I think uh, I, I'm, I'm a little more confident, but I do like your advice that, you know, if those guys get ruled out and the line shifts down to eight, seven, however far that we can, you know, that we can safely then like if that line gets lower that you feel a little bit more confident in it. Yeah. You know, and after hearing you talk a little more on the Boston side, you know, there are, they are one of the better teams. And as far as talent and coaching goes, you know, they have the upper leg. Um, And not to mention, you know, I was just looking at some last five game metrics as well. You know, you got me kind of inspired. Boston's (laughs) the number one defensive rated team in the last five games. Uh, Atlanta, uh, offensively, you know, we talk about them scoring all these points, but in their last five games, they're the number 21 team as far as offensive rating. So, um, yeah, you talked me into it. I'm going to go ahead and lay these points with Boston. So, uh, they're a good team. They're great at home. They're great against spreads. So. Yeah. I, I, yeah, the numbers just dictated at this point. So, let's not, you know, let's not be shy about the data because that's how, that's, how that's how we do, you know. Um, we will jump ahead. The Detroit Pistons, the, I mean, shaking your head at the Detroit Pistons, uh, are in their first game post Andre Drummond era, will head to Oklahoma city to take on the thunder. They are 13 point dogs. And I mean, dogs, the, the God almighty. Over under in this one is two seventeen. On that whole situation, I am just flabbergasted by. I don't. I, just Drummond's been in the trade, you know, rumors for pretty much the entire season, and they got a whole bunch of nothing for him. They didn't Not even get a bag of peanuts. They got a bag of stale peanuts. I. The whole situation just perplexes me, and it was and Detroit's front office just completely mangled their hand with him, absolutely mangled it. I, I just, yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of stunned. So I'm not really surprised by this line right now because the the Pistons have to be just somewhat defeated. I, I don't I mean I can't really speak to you know the chemistry of the issue they did win on their home court against the Suns so I, I got to give them that much but prior to that they were you know they're they're three and seven in their last ten 
they, they, they've been pretty lousy against the spread at home, 11 and 17 on the season. They've been lousy in general against the spread, home or road. It doesn't matter. They've been one of like the most horrible teams, you know, and, and it's boom or bust with them. And this seems like a bust situation, whereas OKC have been great. They're not as good against the spread at home as they are on the road, but they're still 14 and 12 on the season. They're still solid. They're still playing good ball. They've crept up to the sixth seed in the West. Who would have thought that? Winners of their last Yeah. Winners of their last three. Taking care of who they need to take care of. I mean, this is another situation where, like, look, they they they've beaten the Kings, they beat the Suns, they they handled the Cavs. Now it's, you know, like, okay, this is a team that also got out of the trade deadline unscathed. Danilo Gallinari stuck around. So they're basically at full strength here. But then again, that's a pretty massive line. And we would hate to be in a backdoor situation, even though I don't know if Detroit has the horses for a backdoor. Devin. Help, help me out here. Are, are you afraid to lay 13 points? You know, I think I am because the other night, let's see, the other night on the on February 5th, so that was, uh, that would have been Wednesday night it was, they played Cleveland at home, and that line was 13 and a half. Mm. And I was not really enjoying that big number and I stayed away from it because it was a big number and they ended up not covering right only one by six this Detroit team however I mean we talked about all the debacle and just just terrible terrible front office work they did but we didn't even really cover like you know their injuries currently oh yeah Derek Rose is out um Markeith Morris is out Zima uh, Hayek, which is one of their better three-point shooters, is out. Kennard's still out, also. Kennard is still out, and now Griffin, there's no Andre Drummond. No Drummond. No, so, no Blake Griffin. Like I, I have no idea who's playing basketball for this team. Their rebounding is going to be non-existent. So I think Stephen Adams, Nerlens Noel, Gallinari, uh, you know, more of the forwards are going to be able to get some rebounds as well. I think second chance point opportunities are going to go into the toilet just because you don't have the league leading rebounder in both offensive and defensive rebounding in there. So this is a big spread, but they lost all those rebounds and a pretty good defensive presence. And they don't have anyone to put the the biscuit in the basket. Um, Give me, give me the thunder with the point, laying the points. Oh, okay, What's, all right. You know okay. what the heck? Why not? Okay. You know, I, it's it's a lot, but it's a lot. But look, I I get it though. I really do. Like because I think that Detroit's only going to have seven guys, seven active guys, seven eight active guys. But I mean, they got Christian Wood. They got Tim Frazier. They got Frazier was waived. Oh, he was. Yeah. I didn't see, well, they got Seku Damboy. Uh, yeah, um, the 19-year-old rookie. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, let's see. Uh, Re- Reggie Jackson. Here, here's who I got. I got, I got Reggie Bruce Jackson, Brown. Bruce Brown, Dumboya, uh, Wood, and I think Langston Galloway. Langston and, Galloway. And yeah. Thon Maker. Man. I don't even know who's going to play. I don't, for I don't even, yeah, I don't even know. I don't even know. I'm sure there's some other guys that I'm not thinking of that are like deep on their bench. You know, but I, I, Tony Snell also. I'm sorry. Uh, there's, yeah. You know, okay. there, there's, there's a guy. But that's what do we, what, what do we say? Seven, eight guys? Like that's yeah. what they're down to. Someone like this, someone's going to have to play 40 plus minutes that should not be playing 40 plus minutes. It's it's plain and simple. I, I I don't I don't blame you for just saying ah screw it like I'll I'll lay the points because this team's a disaster. Yeah, you know the thing that worries me though, and you know it, it's funny that we're dissecting it this much considering it's involving the Pistons, but uh, it, the Thunder are two and five in their last seven at, uh, against spread at home. So I, I just want to make sure that the hoop ballers and yeah, listeners know got, we got to exercise a little bit of caution. Right. Right. Yeah. But I mean, who's going to play for Detroit? <laughs> you know, it's it's a it's a funky situation. I think what kept Detroit in a bunch of games or against the spread in some games is the fact that Drummond was able to rip down all these rebounds and give give the Pistons, you know, a few extra possessions throughout the ball game, and that's not there anymore. No, no, you're right. Okay, let's let's close that one and let's get into a couple of really fun games. Mm-hmm. There, here's here's where opportunity knocks. The Toronto Raptors are headed to Indiana to take on the Pacers. The Raptors are one-point favorites over under 218. Unless you've been living under a rock, and I don't believe you are if you're listening to this podcast, the Raptors are unbeatable. They're unbeatable. Winners of their last 12. they're, They're ridiculous right now. And doing it every which way possible. Home, road, close games. And fortunately for us, we have a little bit of recency that we can take a look at. Because this is, in fact, a home-and-home with the Indiana Pacers. And the Raptors just held off the Pacers 119-118 on Wednesday. And so now they have to go to Indiana Indiana might be a little bit, you know, hey, they just beat us on on their home court. Let's beat them on on ours. Except the Indiana's lost their last three. And two of them came on their home court, one of which was to the Knicks. That's not good. The other two, a Mavericks team that was playing without Luka Doncic. So there is a little bit of, okay, there, there's, there's a little bit of revenge, but we're not really sure. Indiana should be good. But then again, they also have TJ Warren questionable. Victor Oladipo is questionable. Uh, may, might get a rest game in this one. I don't know, man. Like It, it, it smells like... Could be a recipe for disaster, but at the same time, until the Raptors decide that, you know, we're just going to lay an egg, 
one point isn't that much to overcome here for the Raptors, who are just red freaking hot. Devin, talk me through this one. Well, one point, you know, that in the, obviously the line is being based off of that um, last game, which was an exciting game. came down to the last two possessions. Uh, it, Indian, Indiana got an offensive rebound on a long three-point attempt, um, and it, it just kind of, like, bounced around all over the place. Serge Ibaka hit that go-ahead uh, three in the corner on the right side of the court. Uh, the previous possession, um, both teams shot 50%, and it, it was a good game. You know, it was a great game. Um, let's see, 218 is the total for today. Uh, last time it was 216 and a half, um, and that ended up going 237, so definitely covered. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't have any reason to believe that the uh, over doesn't hit again because it's not even that much more different. Um, these teams obviously are familiar with each other. Uh, man, this is um, – with Aladipo and Warren being questionable, if they get rolled out, I think this line moves significantly. I'm, I'm going to lay the one point with Toronto. I mean, how do you – how do you not? Yeah, um, I, I think that's what it comes down to. How do you not? It, it's, you know, they're five and two in their last seven specifically against Indiana. Uh, Indiana. You know, that they were five and one before last game. You know, it was a five and a half point spread last game. Uh, came down to that one point game. And they're six and two in their last eight straight up against Indiana. So recent success both ways for this team. They're a great road team. You know, they have an 18-7 and seven record on the road. But with that being said, Indiana's 18-7 and seven at home. Mm. So it's a, uh, you know, and both teams are just one game above 500 ATS in their perspective positionings as far as home and away right now. But this Raptors team, I tell you what, it, it's going to be hard to fade them. Um, I wouldn't suggest it. Um Indiana's playing some good ball at home, you know, 13-5 uh, and five in their last 18 at home. And it's just – it's one of those where the metrics and the numbers and the trends are all pretty much just even. You know, it, it, there's no real advantage in far, as far as that goes. But the way I look at it is the Pacers are probably going to be without, if not both, one of those guys. Right, and the line's without Warner or Depot, yeah. So I'm going to get the one point. And lay that with Toronto right here, right you know, right away. Yeah. Um, I think Toronto's got more pieces, and they're going to be able to adjust after that one-point narrow victory. And I think they'll be able to stretch this game out a little bit more, uh, get a couple more stops. You know, Indiana's not going to shoot fifty-two percent again, um, or maybe they do, but I don't. <laughs> I don't see it happening. You know. Uh, I think it's probably going to falter down to 47-ish, especially if they miss uh, all the depot. So, um, yeah, I see the Raptors possibly winning this one by at least five. So one point, you know, what, what is that to overcome? It's, is it, it, right. it's I, a pebble. I, I'm playing the hot hand until further notice. Right, right. You can't not go against uh, – And, and, I, and I, can't, I can't get over the fact that 
the the Raptors had two recent home games, non-Raptors home games, and they were to the Knicks and the Doncicless Mavericks and, and lost both of them, like, fairly handily. Yeah, yeah. Um, they didn't even score 90 points against the Knicks. Yeah. The, so. the, and not to mention just one, one quick last stat before we move on. The Pacers aren't exactly, like, a defensive juggernaut recently. Like in their last five games, their defensive rating is 115.4. That's good for 19th in the league. Wow. Whereas the Raptors in their last five are 106.2. Yeah. So, they're top they're top five in that. Yeah, top five defense. Regard. You know, so it's and top three in offense. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. It, it's still again, the bottom line is is that they are the, the hottest team in the league. And until until further notice and that hot streak ends, like one point's nothing to to uh, to, to worry about, at least when you're playing a hot streak. So yeah. it's, uh, we're, I think we're both in agreement there. We will move on to the Houston Rockets traveling to Phoenix to take on the Suns. Lots of news around Houston, especially around the Clint Capella trade. Russell Westbrook is going to be out of this one. Houston is basically starting a goofy, not goofy, but just a small ball experiment. Having not acquired a big man at the trade deadline to replace Clint Capella. So Houston's favored by, by two in this one. Over-under is two, uh, 233 and a half. Two very good offensive teams. So again, Houston without Westbrook in this one, he is going to be load managed. And lo and behold, they've won their last four. They had kind of struggled a little bit, but they've righted the ship. Uh, the Suns, conversely, are losers of their last four. Um, they are going in the opposite direction after um, we were kind of teased a little bit that they might be a bit of a potential playoff team. Uh, at the same time, Phoenix is dreadful against the spread at home, 10 and 15. Uh, Rockets, not great on the road, but certainly better than 10 and 15, uh, 12 and 14. And they're just playing better ball right now. I, I feel like Houston has a bit of a new identity in this one. And it almost feels like the Capella, Capella's been out with an injury too. So it almost feels like it was a bit of addition by subtraction for these guys. Yeah, they were uh, five and zero, six and zero without Capella in the lineup. It's it's very bizarre, and and just for us in fantasy, it's like oh, Capella's great. You know, he's a really good you know good fantasy player. But in reality, he just wasn't fitting in with what they were doing anymore. Right. So, in any case, you know, one team playing well, the other team not so much. It yeah, two on the road. Two, two and a half on the road does isn't that big of a climb, just like we said in in the in the Raptors Pacers game. But how are you feeling about this one, Devin? You know, the the thing that gives me the most pause is the fact that like Ira has his thing with the Brooklyn Nets. I have my thing with the Phoenix Suns. Oh boy. Okay. But I know the numbers are there for Houston to blow this team out. <laughs> you know, they uh, – you know, Westbrook being out doesn't really bother me much because they have guys that can fill in like Daniel House and P.J. Mm-hmm. Tucker. Yep. Uh, 
Austin Rivers is getting 30 minutes a game. And, you know, we know he can shoot the three. They make it work, yeah. So, you know, Phoenix is and, – and like I said, I go back to, you know, home or away records, what, what have you, uh, more so than just the spread numbers. Um, whenever it's a one uh, or, you know, two-point or two-possession spread. And right now it's at two, two-and-a-half. So that's, you know, just one three-pointer, one bucket, one defensive stop. And Phoenix is 9-17 and 17 at home um, on, their, on their record. And Houston's 15-11, and 11, um, just straight up, you know, not even considering the spread numbers. Um, so Phoenix is just reeling. You know, Dario Saric is out again. Uh, looks like Tyler Johnson's out. Aaron Baines is still out. Cam Johnson's downgraded to doubtful and ties your own. So lots of guys in their rotation. Um, is this going to be the first game that Covington plays or did he play the other night against the Lakers? Um, I think that he will be in the lineup tonight. Okay. You know, it, like I said earlier in the show, talking about fading some of the teams that got involved heavily in this trade deadline, Hubla, you know, it, they're just in a spot, Houston, that is, tonight that is hard to pass up. And personally, I'll just go ahead and throw it out there. I've already placed my bet on this game. I took, <laughs> I took Houston minus two. Um, Phoenix is just – they're one in five in spread in their last six. One in five straight up in their last six. Oh, and seven in their last seven at, at home against the spread. And 0-11 straight up in their last 11 games playing at home against Houston. So they're not doing anything against Houston. You know, as far as putting a team that is offensively capable against a team that's really not, I'm going to take the offensive, uh, offensive capable team over the uh, lacking team any, any day of the week. Um, but again, I like to approach everything with caution. Um, let it be known that Houston is two and five against the spread in their last seven against Phoenix and three and seven in their last 10 on the road. So there is bad and there is good to every number that we can throw out there. We can, we can spin it ever which way do we want. Uh, I could sell you on the Phoenix Suns in this game somehow if I wanted to, but the obvious smart play is Houston. Two and a half, two, it's not that much. Um, as far as the over-under at 233.5, I don't really have anything to say on that. I just don't believe in Phoenix being able to put the ball in the hoop as much. Um, not because Houston's a defensive or not, but just how capable they really are. They don't really have any guys to make any shots or make their own shots. So, I, I, I get it. I really do. It's – I think we like, – like you said, like it, it's sometimes – you know, you could sell it either which way, but why, you know, why have, give yourself paralysis by analysis. It's mm -hmm. just, you know, one team is playing better. The other team is not. And the numbers suggest that, you know, based on how they're playing and based on their records, you know, against the spread home, you know, recently as well as home and road, you, you got, and, and with the spread only being two, two and a half, you got to lean Houston. You have to. Yeah, it's easy in my book. It looks yeah. like the public and Sharp is—they're both 
on Houston, and it's like it's staggering. It's like eighty-four percent. Wow. Okay. Uh, to Houston. So interesting. So that line may move still as well. So we shall see. Okay, Miami, the Heat taking on the Sacramento Kings in Sacramento. The Heat are favored by one and a half over under two twenty-one. The big news in this one is that Jimmy Butler is doubtful. Uh, he has a shoulder injury, and we're not really sure you know, when he's going to return. Um, the team has been downplaying it, but uh, there is some concern about his, his long-term availability. But he is doubtful in this one, so we're just going to consider him out, um, which makes a pretty significant difference uh, in, in this game. However... As we've noted in the past, that the Kings are putrid at home. Absolutely putrid. They're 9-15 and 15 straight up, and they are 8-15-1 and one against the spread. They are terrible. And you have a Heat team that are kind of feeling themselves a little bit, with or without Jimmy Butler, because they were active in the trade deadline as well and basically committed – to saying, hey, we're going to compete to win. We're, we're not screwing around. We're going to try to win a championship. Not, not just We're not settling for the playoffs. We think that we can compete with the best teams both in the East and the West. So that's what they did by getting Andre Iguodala and Jay Crowder. They, they built an even more toughness now than they already were. So – Tyler Hero also out for this one. Rashawn Holmes might be back. We're not sure. He's questionable. Beyond that, again, it doesn't seem like much uh, with the just giving one and a half to a team that's atrocious at home. But it is Jimmy Butler who's out. So, again, we will try to exercise a little bit of caution. But I'm not sure. You know, it's, it is pretty tempting. Devin, are you tempted by this line? All right, so I'm going to do this thing here. You know, I'm going to do a little bit of a ramble. You know what? We were just talking about selling it for either which side. So I'm going to, I'm going to try to sell you on Sacramento here, okay? So hear me out. (laughs) So hear me out. Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler's going to be out. Mm -hmm. Myers Leonard's going to be out. Tyler Hero's out. Uh, The Kings. Um, you know, they're not missing any of their normal pieces that they're playing with as of late. And those pieces that have been in their rotation has helped Sacramento become the number eight team offensively, uh, offensive rating in the NBA in their last five. Net rating, you know, we would probably expect Sacramento to be uh, absolutely terrible, you know, in the 20s. But as far as their last five games, Sacramento are ahead of teams like uh, in net rating, like Atlanta, like Phoenix, Dallas, Indiana, and the Knicks, who the Knicks, they're the Knicks, but they've been actually competing and playing some ball lately. And they're only two spots away from teams like Portland, Los Angeles, and the Spurs are right there in front of them. They're 15th in net rating in the NBA in their last five games. Now, Let's take a look at some recent stuff as far as Miami playing Sacramento. Miami's one and four against the spread against uh, Sacramento in their last five. One and four straight up in their last five. And Sacramento's four and two against the spread in their last six games. 
And they also are 7-2 and two against the spread in their last nine games played in February. So if you like those monthly, annual, whatever trends, there you go. So Sacramento is only a point-and-a-half dog here. They may have a terrible home record at home and a terrible spread record at home. But what do you think as far as hearing those numbers? Did I sell the Kings? No. Okay, um, good. Sorry. I, I, good. Yeah, no, no. They, 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 I wasn't uh, doing it to check. So, yeah, give, give me one and a half. I, I'm going to lay it. Uh, lay the uh, points with the heat. I mean, it's they got guys. I, like, I appreciate oh, you trying. Dragic. I really do. Yeah. They still have Gordon Dragic, Duncan Robinson. They got, uh, you know, Kendrick, Bam out of bio. Bam yeah. out of bio. Kendrick Nunn. Duncan Robinson, we've seen that kid drop in 10 threes in a game, uh, it seems like. But it, it, anytime you turn your head, he's dropping five or six threes in. And that's going to open up even more with Jimmy Butler out. Don't forget that Gordon Dragic is still a great defender. He's Jimmy Butler's an elite defender, but Dragic is still um, a great defender, and he orchestrates the offense really well. Um, you know, these guys—it's—it's a, it's a cultural thing. It's Eric Spolstra, it's Pat Riley, Bam Adebayo is going to eat. So there's no—I mean, there is a way. There's always a way, but Miami plus or minus one, minus one and a half. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> the, the Kings are terrible at home. Um, I, I just – I want to – look, I appreciate the sales job. I really do. Yeah. Like, I, I don't mean – like, I, but I, all I'll say is that two of the Kings' wins, you know, in their last five or six or whatever it was and, – and, and, look, to the Kings' credit, they haven't been terrible recently they really haven't you're absolutely right they've won a few games they're not like this decrepit team but two of them came against the wolves yeah yeah. Uh, another came against the clippers granted it was a big road win but it also came in in a kawhi-less fashion and it was one where paul george was still recovering from a hamstring injury yeah um the other was against the bulls on the road and the bulls we know have a propensity to kind of play down to their competition and their big losses were against the thunder and the Lakers. And those are two of the better teams in the league. So it's hard for me to, to really rally behind them because their wins came against teams that were obviously, you know, I wouldn't say that the Kings are superior to them. It's just, you know, it's teams that they really could beat, the Bulls and the Wolves, et cetera. You know, and they're getting beat by the better teams. And look, let's just put it out there. Jimmy or no Jimmy, the Heat are a better team than the Kings and mm-hmm. can be by one and a half. And that's all I'm looking at as, as far as that goes. Yeah, I was surprised to see this line where it was at. I understand Jimmy Butler being out, but I, I think it still needs to be, you know, four. Four and a half. Probably. I, I think that's – especially because of, of their recent game. They did take them to overtime in Miami, and I'm sure that, you know, is, is playing a bit of a role. Because, look, the, like De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heal, they're not going to lay down, obviously, and, and we no. get that. But, again, uh, the, the better team at the end of the day should pull that out, and that, that team is Miami. I hear you. All right. Let's wrap this up. The Portland Trailblazers taking on the Utah Jazz in Utah – the spread in this one is eight and a half in favor of the Jazz. Now, the Jazz were, at one point, one of the hottest teams in the league. They were outstanding. 
they're not so much anymore. They've lost their last five. Oof. Things change quickly. Things change quickly. In this One of those losses was to Portland also. That is correct, sir. On this past Saturday in Portland, the Trailblazers beat them 124 to 107. Uh, that was sandwiched in between a couple of losses to the Nuggets, uh, as well as losses to the Spurs and Rockets. Their last win came a couple weeks ago against the Dallas Mavericks uh, on their home court. So, yes, they are back at home um, where they are 12-10 uh, and 10 against the spread and 18-5. and five. So they are tough uh, at home. They are a tough home team. Uh, but the Blazers, are uh, they've been better, I would say. They've been better. They're 6-4 and four in their last 10. They won their last one, uh, which came against the Spurs. They got beat by the Nuggets um, in between their, their recent victory against the Jazz. So 2-1 in their last three, 6-4 in their last 10. Uh, they are playing better. The Blazers, though, are a really bad road team. Uh, 11 and 16 against the spread in total, uh, despite their gains made uh, over their last few. They are in the top half of the table in terms of net rating over their last five. Uh, the Jazz, however, have, have really kind of sunk. They're minus 8.7 net rating in their, in their last five. Again, maybe chalk it up to competition, but maybe you can also chalk it up to a team that's really hitting the skids right now. Um, so to me, just talking through this, eight and a half feels like a lot to lay for a reeling uh, jazz team. But then again, I don't know. Devin, wrap this one up for me, baby. All righty. So I was talking to Ira a little bit um, in our previous show about the trend of a team on the second leg of a back-to-back, -back, which Portland is tonight, ah. going into Utah in recent years. And we've just seen you know, teams – continuously and almost just instantly, you know, losing that game. And I need to find this article and I will put it out on Twitter as soon as I find it, but it's a chart and some numbers and breakdowns of the numbers completely flip-flopped in that regard. Teams on a second leg of a back-to-back -back against the spread in Utah uh, this year, I, you know, I think their spread percentage, um, and I read this article a week or so ago, and it was, uh, I think then it was, you know, about a seven, almost a 70% cover. Wow. So in years past, the last five years before that, it had been, you know, a 21% cover. Oh. So something's changed. I'm not sure what, but, you know, like we said, these two teams are going opposite directions. Portland's actually starting to cover games. They're absolutely terrible on the road, but, you know, it's not like Utah's you know, the golden child of covering at home either. Right. So this is one of those games that I think I like the side of Portland, but it scares me a little bit because I have bet against this Utah team a couple times this year and it's not worked out. Uh, yeah, I, I get it. I mean, to me, it feels definitely like a lean towards Portland right now but at the same time it's yeah it's one of those games where I'm not really sure yeah because no, because a, Utah could snap out of it super quickly we know yeah, that yeah 
you know, as, as things change in the NBA as quickly as they do, you know, we saw what, like what, it was not even a month ago, uh, not even a, like two weeks ago, where Utah was still this hot, uh, t- uh, intimidating, ferocious team in the NBA, just you know, mowing down all of their competition. Yeah, they were playing not. Yeah. great teams. They were playing some solid teams. Um, and now, you know, they've lost their last, like you said, five. You know, they've played Houston, San Antonio, Denver, Portland, Denver again. But, I mean, the team that they were beating, um, you know, they were handling Portland, the Clippers. Uh, they beat the Pelicans. Uh, you know, they were beating the teams that they were supposed to, and they were blowing out the really good teams. Yeah. So, but – Eight and a half, nine, it's a lot of points. And Portland recently, in the last five, last ten, they've been a really good net rating team solely on the offensive rating because of the way that Damian Lillard has been playing. He's, but been, CJ, he's been incredible, yeah. C.J. McCollum's turning it up as well. Carmelo Anthony's taken better shots, smarter shots. He's actually playing defense. And I think Trevor Reza's helped them out a lot too on the defensive side of things. So – and you still got Whiteside in there, you know. Right. This is going to be a battle between Whiteside and Gobert, and I think they'll probably cancel each other out. So it's going to be a battle of guard play forwards, and you know, in, in my opinion, uh, between Lillard and McCollum, I, I think they probably take the cake on the uh, guard play. So I'm gonna go ahead and take the eight and a half points with I think, Portland. Yeah. I, I like that. I like that play. I, I, I'm I'm just a lean right now, just because again, the the, the like you said, the situation kind of scares me as kind of an either or proposition, just given the 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 recent play of the Jazz, because like we said, they can just come out and just explode at any at any moment. Um, but yeah, like it, the line seems really really steep, uh, just given just given their 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 recency. So. I like the play, but I, I personally, I'm, I'm just a lean there. Like I can't, yeah. I don't know how I feel about that, but yeah. in any case that wraps it up for the NBA. Uh, we have been terrible hosts. We should be giving you where you will find our bets beyond this podcast. Uh, you can find us at Hoopball gaming. Uh, and that is where Devin will tweet out our official bets. And you can find us. I'm at Josh Millman on Twitter. Devin is D-A-L-E-007 at Twitter. Uh, make sure you find us, ask us questions. But Hoopball Gaming is where you will find our official lines uh, and, and picks once uh, we get closer to tip off tonight. Uh, Devin, before we head off into the weekend, any, any other random bets that you want to share with the fine folks at Hoopball? Well, it wouldn't be a Friday if I didn't cover some Ivy League action. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the first game on the college basketball slate, everyone loves to get the early and the late action to try to make their money early and then try to win it back late. So Harvard and Yale tonight. Yale is 14-4 and four against the spread. That's all I'm saying. I've bet on these guys so many times this year, and they've helped me out tremendously. They are only a five-and-a-half-point favorite at home. And um, as far as their home stuff, you know, they're 7-0 at home, and they are 4-1 and against the spread at home. Uh, a lot of the, you know, a couple of those numbers aren't factored in because they played some, you know, they're what they call cupcakes, and they don't really do spreads and all that for them. But this Yale team, um, 
I've talked about it in nauseum. You know, they've played North Carolina. They've played Clemson. They went one and one in those games and only lost by two points to North Carolina. They've beaten some of the top mid-major teams that are going to be in the tournament. They've, they've put together a resume that if they take care of business in the Ivy League, which I foresee them doing so, they're going to get in to the tournament. And right now they're projected at a uh, 12 seed in um, a lot of uh, bracketologists' brackets at the moment. This Yale team is good. They're solid defensively. Um, they're top 75 in a lot of different metrics. Their offensive uh, efficiency is is very good. No one in the Ivy League gets anywhere close to them. Give me Yale to cover the five and a half. Um, this is an easy one for me. I saw it was under eight, um, and I woke up jubilant this morning. Um, so five and a half. I'm laying those points with Yale and uh, you know, to get even more into your neck of the woods, I'm going to go out to uh, Connecticut where Quinnipiac is hosting Iona. Whoa. Right. <laughs> and um, Iona's the worst team in all of college basketball. So out of all 330 some odd schools, they're the worst team against the spread at 313 and one. Wow. Quinnipiac's 12 and 8, 7 and 2 against the spread at home. They're also laying five and a half points against this Iona team. Now, uh, in the last six games, last six home games, uh, Quinnipiac's uh, 5 and 1 against the spread. And they actually um, rank um, pretty good as far as, you know, shot selection for Iona's offense, you know, the way they match up. They have a rebounding edge. Um, they don't allow teams to shoot a lot of free throws, so they're going to play smart. They're going to get to the line more than what um, Iona is. And shooting percentage, they actually hold um, teams um, below the Division I average in all three facets, so as far as long range, mid-range, close proximity. So this is a game that I'm looking at Quinnipiac winning by probably, I'd say, 13, 14. So, yeah, Yale and Quinnipiac, minus five and a half, respectively. We're digging deep, but I love it. Yale and Quinnipiac. Thank you, Devin. And I will wrap things up by saying, welcome back to the XFL. (laughs) If anyone was missing football after the Super Bowl, do not worry, because Vince McMahon has brought the XFL back. Hoopballers. I am looking at the D.C. Defenders to cover seven and a half against the visiting Seattle Dragons. The D.C. Defenders feature Cardale Jones, the former Ohio State standout, who I believe will be one of the best players in the XFL, and I believe that D.C. is one of the better teams in this startup league. And at the same time, The Houston Roughnecks are taking on the Los Angeles Wildcats. And I do, I, here's, I expect a very, very high scoring game in this one. Houston is coached by June Jones, uh, runs that big run and shoot, uh, offense. Um, I, I, however, I do expect Los Angeles to cover this one, but I haven't seen the over under, uh, but I am, I will lean towards the Wildcats covering uh, the five and a half, Los Angeles Wildcats covering the five and a half against the Houston Roughnecks. 
but I do expect a massive shootout in this one. Uh, Los Angeles, I think that they have the uh, um, Josh Johnson at quarterback. Yes. Uh, Yes. So that could also be a pretty high-scoring affair uh, in that one. So, uh, again, uh, Josh Johnson at at quarterback against the June Jones run-and-shoot team uh, should be a fun one. Those are where I'm leaning right now. Uh, We'll wrap wrap this bad boy up. Thank you all for listening. Thank you again to the folks at mybookie.ag. Head on over there now. Use the promo code T-O-D-A-Y today and get – 50% 50% in bonus cash when you sign up at my bookie and, and tell us us hoop ballers sent you over there. Devin, sir, thank you again. Uh, it was another fun Friday. Enjoy your weekend. Follow us on Twitter at hoopballgaming. Say goodbye to everyone, Devin. Bye, everybody. <laughs> enjoy, hoop ballers. Enjoy your weekend. This has been a Hoop Ball presentation. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.